You're listening to the Wellpreneur Podcast, the show about business and life for wellness entrepreneurs. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and this week we're talking with the speech diva, Darcy Webb, all about how to find your true voice, how to speak your truth, and how to have your words have power when you say them, how to really, you know, run a workshop or a talk so that it feels like a party, and how to use your time on stage to really meaningfully convey your message. I know that public speaking is a huge dream and a huge fear for many wellpreneurs. And when I met Darcy, I just knew she had to come on the show and talk with us about this issue, especially as we are approaching the turn of the year, the time where you'll be setting your new goals for the year. I know a lot of that involves public speaking for many of you. And so I wanted to make sure we address that issue and let you feel both more powerful and more at ease with using your voice to convey your message. In my life this week and the past few weeks, I've been really focused on planning and 2019 planning. And I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who bought my Wellpreneur planner when it was released just a couple weeks ago in November 2018. It was awesome. And it's still awesome. Actually, the sales are still coming in. And what's more exciting actually than getting sales is seeing you guys using it. So in our Wellpreneur community group, There are people posting pictures of what they're working on with the planner, asking for virtual mastermind buddies to go through their planner with, and just connecting around all things planning. Also, don't forget that every Tuesday now through December 18th, 2018, I'm going to be live in our Facebook community doing a planning special live on one topic that you can use with or without the planner. So really, this is the time of year to start thinking about what worked, what didn't, and what do you really want to create going forward in 2019 and starting to put that plan together now so you can really start off strong in the new year. If you'd like to get your own copy of the Wellpreneur Planner, it's available on Amazon worldwide, and you can just search Wellpreneur and both my book and the planner will come up so you can grab a copy of the planner there. And just one favor, I would so appreciate if you do buy a copy of the planner, once you've had a chance to use it, if you could hop on to Amazon and leave me a review because those reviews are what expose the planner to a new audience and help new people discover it, people that aren't already listening to the podcast. So at the time I'm recording this, I've got four reviews and I'd like to get to at least 10 because that seems to be a tipping point where they really start to show your book to more people. So if you could just jump on and take like 30 seconds to leave me a review, I would so appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, now let's get into this interview with Darcy Webb, the speech diva. Hi, Darcy. Thanks for joining me on the show. Oh, Amanda, I am so happy to be talking to you today. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really glad it worked out. We were actually introduced through a previous podcast guest, Matthew Kimberly, who was on the show talking about sales. And he's his episode is one of our most popular ever. And so when he introduced me to you, I thought, oh, she's going to be good. And we've talked and you're good. So I'm thrilled. Oh, to have well, you here. <laughs> thank you. And I'm glad Matthew brought us together. He's a great guy. So let's start off by um, having you explain what do you do? How do you introduce yourself? How do you say what it is that you do? I am a vocal coach. I am a speech coach. And I train people and coach people to tell their truth. 
that's how I tell people all the time what I do. Because when I'm working with college sophomores, I train them to speak articulately. I train them to pronounce a word correctly or finish an ending consonant. It's a year-long training program. But when I'm coaching public speakers, we don't really have time for all of that tiny detail work. But what seems to be most important is that they understand that they have a power inside of them that they are often tamping down or they are afraid to release. And we can get that power, that truth out of them just by coaching them to do a few things vocally. When we were growing up, oftentimes, I don't know, I don't know about anybody else, and I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I was very emotional and I was very expressive. And whenever I expressed myself, somebody in my family would invariably turn to me and say, stop being so melodramatic. And so I just began to tamp everything I had to say down. And I was pretty depressed as a kid. And then I went off to college to study acting. And gradually, you know, I began to pull that plug out of me to unleash the truth inside of me. And I think that all of your listeners have truths that they're not speaking about because, you know, somebody told them they weren't good enough or somebody told them they weren't smart enough or somebody told them to be quiet when they were kids or they might be doubting themselves. So they just don't speak. Or when they speak, they're cautious or they're careful or they manipulate their sound in some way because they don't feel comfortable with the way they sound. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm just over here nodding my head. I think a lot of listeners will really connect with what you said. I guess I was told not to be dramatic as a kid, but the thing I was told all the time was stop showing off, stop showing off, stop showing off, stop showing off. And that Mm -hmm. for me, that was my version of, oh, you need to keep it all inside. Don't shine too much. Don't talk about all these good things you did because it makes other people feel bad. And that's yep. crazy. There's still echoes of that today. I mean, that we're still dealing with as adults. It's amazing yep. how long that lasts. Yeah, It lasts a very long time. And I was just working, I was just coaching somebody yesterday who's preparing for a TED Talk tomorrow morning. And she said she practiced it in front of her mother. She said, I just want you to hear this. And her mother said to her, Oh, here comes the drama queen. Mm. (laughs) I thought this woman has really vital information to give to the world. And her mother is saying, I don't want to hear it. And maybe it's because her mother is, is a little bit envious, or maybe it's because her mother wanted to do that too, but nobody would let her mother. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't control how people react, can you? And like, no. just the fact that what when you shine your light, when you go out and speak your truth, it might trigger some people, and that you can't really control that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, mm, okay. I want to talk about all this. This is great. So, because um, <laughs> one thing I notice, which you touched on, is that a lot of people in the audience have heard they should give talks to start to build their, especially when they're starting out, you know, go give a talk at a health food shop or go give a presentation to a group or to a meetup group. And people will make what they're talking about super bland and generic to try not to piss anyone off. You know, you just be like, what can I say that no one's going to disagree with? Because it's scary to get up there and talk. You don't want people to start criticizing you. So Yeah. yeah. 
talk to me about this issue. And yeah. Well, actually, Amanda, I can tell you that, first of all, you and I spoke about this, and we should tell your listeners that I studied at IIN. So I have the health coaching background. Yeah. So I get it. And I went out to do my first talk at a somebody's house. I think it was for a, a, a food co-op that we were trying to start here in Philadelphia. And I said, yes, I'd be happy to come and give a talk. I want to talk about healthy fats. And I was terrified because I knew that I could be fun and I knew that I could talk about coconut oil in all its ways and I could prepare my little avocado mousse for them and serve serve my avocado mousse. But if anybody asked me about the science, I was dead. <laughs> but I thought I, I just have to go because I couldn't remember all of it. You know, I just felt like I had to be an expert in all things. And you don't have to be an expert. If somebody asks, and I know this from being in the classroom teaching voice and speech, if somebody asks you a question and you don't know, you say, I don't know. I'm going to go look that up. So I gave my talk and you just have to be yourself. And you have to understand that it's not a TED talk or it's not a presentation. It's really a party. It's just a party. And it's also a gift. You are giving these people a gift. And they are there not to judge, but to accept the gift. And they will almost always be grateful. So I didn't always have the science right. If I didn't know the answer about, you know, medium chain triglycerides and, you know, and how the fat burns, I did say, I, I'm not sure. And here's what coconut oil can do for you. And we talked about how you can use it everywhere. And they seemed to get a particular giggle out of when I said, and I mean, everywhere. So, <laughs> so you know, you can just be yourself and people are going to appreciate it. It's like a little mindset shift when you're like, when you said, you know, it's not a talk, it's a party. Whoa, mm -hmm. mindset shift. Like, mm -hmm. what if public speaking was fun? That's probably blowing a lot of people's minds out there because they're terrified of it. But yes. what if it could be fun? Yeah. What if it could be fun? And it can be fun. And when you're doing something like a presentation in somebody's home or, or at a little store, it can be a lot of fun because you can have a lot, you're close to people. You can be close enough to people and you can come around from that, you know, that table or that counter and get up and talk to people individually, even though they're in a collective group. It really is like a bit like a, a party. When you're doing something like a TED Talk, it can be a lot of fun, but the preparation is different. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think there's a misconception that if people are natural, some people are naturally good public speakers and they can just get up and speak. But actually, what I've seen is that the best public speakers practice and practice yeah. and practice and rehearse over and over and over. And that's what makes them so good. So yeah, yeah. I'd love to, if you could address that. It really is a lot like preparing for a play and you have a script. I've seen uh, TED Talks where people get up and they speak extemporaneously and they speak from their slides and they click a slide and they look at the slide and then they talk about the slide and they use the slide as a kind of cue card. It's not very interesting, but if you write your talk ahead of time, it's a script and then you memorize it verbatim which is not always easy for people to do. 
but you can do it. It can be done. Some people memorize very quickly. For some, it takes a long time to memorize. But you you memorize it like you would practice a song or memorize a song. Just little chunks, little chunks, little chunks until you get it all in your under your skin and in your cells. And then you start repeating it over and over and over again until it's right there with you, until things really start to mean something to you. Working with a coach, a performance coach or a vocal coach is really important because they can help you pull out those ideas that you really want to express, those truths that are really important to you and help you unleash that feeling and that passion you have for your work. And then it becomes fun. Then when you've rehearsed it and you practice until you cannot get it wrong, then you can go out on that stage and it's a blast. Mm. What are some of the things we can do to, I guess I'm interested in this idea of how our voices can convey power. Like when we've got these real ideas that we want to share, what are some of the things we can do to start to, you know, not talk like really high and like Mm -hmm. uncertain and like make everything sound like a question, like that kind of thing. How do we (laughs) own it? Like have some gravitas when we're on stage. Yeah. I think that I always go back to the breath. Even health coaches stop breathing. We all stop breathing when we get scared. And when we bring our awareness to the breath and we allow ourselves to breathe, that's what brings us the power and the gravitas. Because if you think about it, when we have a thought to express, we instinctively, our brain tells our body to take in the breath. And we take it in very quickly and just enough to express that thought through our mouths. And then the out-breath is the expression of that thought. So the in-breath is the thought. I want to talk about coconut oil. And the out-breath is the expression of, I want to talk about coconut oil. Do you understand? When we breathe in, we have the thought. When we breathe out, that's the expression of that thought. Lots of times, we don't speak on that out-breath. We just hold that breath. And that's what causes us to talk up high or tentatively or on our vocal fry like this. When we are holding our breath, we're actually talking on our, some some of us talk on our vocal fry. Or we ask a question when we are talking about something that's really important to us. We unconsciously go up. If we are paying attention to our script, or if we are paying attention to what we are saying and paying attention to the punctuation, periods make a point. So if your sentence has a period, it ends down. If your sentence has a question mark, it ends up. If your sentence has a comma, we take a breath and we inflect our voice at that comma to say, keep listening, listener. Does that make sense? Um, Or is that getting too technical? No, no, that's right. So if you're doing a talk where you've scripted it, then you would follow along with, you would make sure that your voice is matching the punctuation of those thoughts. Exactly. Right. But you can do that extemporaneously as well. If you bring awareness to two things, your breath and what is coming out of your mouth. I have taught engineers 
a voice and speech class. And engineers are very quiet. And I was wondering if what I said meant anything to them. And so I said at the end of the 10-week period, what did you learn in this class? And one gentleman said to me, I've learned to pay attention to everything that comes out of my mouth. And we don't. We're just, we're, we become, we squander our words. We use a lot of them instead of choosing our words carefully. And I'm, I'm trying to do that with you right now. I'm trying to be deliberate about what I'm saying instead of throwing a lot of spaghetti against the wall and hoping it sticks. Well, that's, I mean, that's something else that I notice, especially, well, especially when people aren't comfortable public speaking or they're new public speakers is they just don't stop talking. It's like, right. blah, 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 blah. Like just, it's just this constant stream of words coming out of their mouth. And actually when you hear really good speakers, they'll stop and pause and look at the audience. Like there's a, there's such an intention in the moments that you're not speaking to and holding that energy of the audience is really cool when you see somebody that's able to do that. Yes. Pauses are wonderful. First of all, pauses when you're speaking allow the listener to catch up to you. They have to catch up with your words. And pauses also are there for dramatic effect. They allow the listener to feel something instead of you know, running right over. You might have said something really powerful, really important, and then kept talking, and the listener just wasn't able to to have that feeling mm-hmm. because you were on to the next thought. I'm curious, do you think, and I'm not sure how I feel about this, but, you know, say you're giving a talk for 20, 30 minutes. People aren't going to remember the whole talk, right? What do people actually remember? Is it like just the end? Is it just the beginning? No. Is it, what is it? They remember what they need to remember. If the talk is delivered with passion and generosity. So when somebody gets up to talk, if they're frightened and they're worried about themselves instead of thinking about the audience, they're going to talk really fast. So people aren't going to remember anything. They might remember your dress and or your, you know, your suit or your leather jacket, but they might not remember what you said because you were scared. But if you remember that you are in service to the audience, you are in service to the listener, and you deliver your message with that intention, starting with that intention, they are likely to remember what they need to remember, Mm -hmm. no matter what you're wearing. That's good. Yes. You should spend more time planning your talk than planning your outfit. <laughs> this is the message I'm taking away from this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, although that matters a little bit, but not, not in the end. Okay. So if we've got somebody listening who like they want to give, we're not, I'm not thinking about Ted talks here. I'm thinking about, you know, a presentation at like a corporate lunch and learn or a meetup group yeah. or health food shop. Like we're given our first workshop or a presentation. Yeah. So give them some advice, give them some tips on how can they make it feel not so scary and, and do a, communicate better. We have a successful first time. Well, I would be introducing myself to these people individually, depending on the size of the group. Oh, good plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easier when you can make a one-on-one contact with those people. Then those people seem less threatening. 
And you can do that if you're working with a group of 20 or even 30 people. When your group is, you know, a larger group, like a community organization that might have 50 to 100 people, it's a little more difficult to do that, but still manageable. So that's like, would, sorry, just one second, but that's basically like mm-hmm. instead of before your talk, when you're really nervous, instead of hiding out at the front and yeah. shuffling through your notes and trying to prepare the giveaways, you should actually go out and chat with people and introduce yourself. Yes. I think so. I yeah, no, that, that, I agree. That might not work for everybody. I know that everybody's temperament is different, but for many people, that works because then the audience becomes less threatening. Mm-hmm. And you might even have had a short conversation with somebody that when you are speaking to them, to the audience, you can actually refer to that little conversation that you heard, but that you were that you had with that one person beforehand. So it really becomes a much more interactive experience. And then your nerves will go away. They will start to dissipate. And you can't imagine that happening until after your first talk. And after the first one, you get that first one under your belt, you are golden. You know you can do this again and again because it is just a party. And also you would have, I would think for for many of your presenters, you would have something to show them. I brought my chocolate avocado mousse because I knew everybody would like it and I made it in front of them and I made mistakes and I spilled and there's an opportunity to go, oh, oh, I can't believe this is happening in front of all these people. And yoga teachers could do the same thing. Healers could do the same thing, you know, to actually bring something that engages people in a very direct way. What about the idea of slides? Because I agree, you mentioned before, you know, I've seen so, especially when I was in the corporate world, how many people just read their slides. (laughs) Totally. It's so boring, but people use it as a crutch because it's easier. So how do you see slides and how should we be using them? I think slides are great. Oftentimes when we use slides, we just end up reading them and they become the talk. I like it when the slides are integrated into the talk so that they become a almost piece of the set design or a prop or they make a joke you know they're part of the joke or they're part of the experience rather than the experience itself Mm -hmm. am i being clear yeah and so like just to give an example even in the corporate world i started shifting my presentation so that my slides are only images like they'll just be one image per slide or maybe one word per slide and the talk is in my head and i'm like you know, the slide, yeah, it might prompt me because because I've practiced and I know on that slide, I talk about these things, but it's like an image that's illustrating what I'm talking about. So they have to pay attention to me instead of reading. Right. They can read this, read a slide themselves. They don't need you to read it to them. So I think that's what you're saying is like it become. I never thought of it as like a like part of the set, but it is, it's your background. It's the, yeah. the atmosphere going on behind you. That's right. Yeah. And, the, and it's great. They can be terrific, but they really have to be, I think, carefully chosen and actually designed into that presentation, whether it's an extemporaneous talk or whether it's a practiced speech. But they shouldn't be there to help you. They're not big index cards. (laughs) Big index cards that everyone can see (laughs) behind you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'd love it if you'd talk some more about speaking our truth and really, I, I'm not, I don't even think I have a question here, but I'm just kind of interested in your thoughts on this. You like getting to that, getting to the stuff that we really are meant to share that we need to talk about, you know, that yeah. deserves to be out in the world. Yeah. Well, here's what I said to my students the other day. You can always tell when I'm lying because I manipulate my voice. I talk like this. <laughs> when I'm talking to people I don't want to talk to. It's my polite voice. It's a voice that we manipulate. When I was young, I spoke like this because it was an indication to people that I was a nice girl. I was available, but I was a nice girl. And, you know, some of your listeners are are young and they probably don't remember Jane Fonda, but that's how Jane Fonda spoke when she first began in her career. She had a very high feminine voice. And then she was cast as a hooker in the film Clute. And immediately her voice dropped in. And so I think there's this idea, this unconscious or subconscious idea that we have to be somebody that maybe we're not. And so we manipulate our voice to match that person. And it takes some self-awareness. It also, you know, I don't mean to talk about my own business, but what I do is help people release their truth by helping them get over the fact that they might feel like they're not good enough. That's usually why we can't make our sound, because we're not good enough, or we think we're not good enough. We think we have to be something else. We think we have to be somebody else. We think we have to be better than we are, and that our truth isn't as important as that other person's truth. So we manipulate our voices. So my work is just getting to your real voice, your true voice. And that requires work on the breath, It requires releasing the jaw. A lot of times when we don't tell the truth or we're not telling our truth or when we've been told to not speak, we tighten our jaw. And so we gather a lot of tension in our jaw and we can't open our mouths enough in order to even get the tongue to move articulately and properly. So we're not, not only are we talking in this voice that's not really ours, we can't be understood because our mouths aren't open enough. I've worked with a lot of people who talk through their teeth like this, and they don't have any room to move their tongue. So if we can get the mouth open, and we can get the breath going, and the face open, lots of times people don't use their facial expressions, then the sound just flies right out. The feelings come out. I've worked with people before where I have just said to them, open the mouth, open the mouth more open the mouth more, and they begin to cry. Just like, just fear of letting it really come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when they do open their mouths, the truth comes out. All the feelings start to come out. This is not uncommon. This happens all the time. (laughs) Gosh, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you think, oh, I'm going to give a talk. I need some public speaking training, but actually Mm -hmm. it comes back to the stuff that we see in so many areas of our business. You know, we see it in how much we charge and how we put ourselves out (laughs) there. And it's all this, oh, do I deserve that? Am I good enough? Who am I to charge that much? Who am I to share my message? Like it's the same 
stuff coming up again and again is amazing. I worked with one woman, a very high-powered speaker, really at the top of her game, and just very important. And she was giving her talk, and I said, well, let's see if we can get you to open your mouth a little more. So I, I had her put two fingers in her mouth and give her talk. And then I had her take the two fingers out, and she began her talk again. And she started to tear up, and then she stopped. And I said, well, what's that about? And she said, I said, what do you think that means? And she said, I think it means I better find something else to talk about. And I said, I think that means that's exactly what you should be talking about. Now let's work through those tears. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure, you know, people, I know I personally have had the experience where like if I'm writing and blogging and sometimes Mm. I'll start expressing whatever it is that I'm writing about and you just, you tear up Mm -hmm. and and then you can have that moment where you can go either way. You think, am I going to play it? Like, oh, I don't want to be that vulnerable and put this out there. That's kind of the initial reaction. And then you think, oh, actually, this is exactly the stuff that needs to go out there, right? Even though it's scary because it's the real, it's the raw stuff. (gasps) Yeah. So powerful. I know. And that's what's important to me. That's what has become so important to me over the years is to help people pull that plug that's stuck there. It's almost like it's in their heart just to pull that plug so that they can unleash their truth. And I'm still working on that, Amanda. I'm still experiencing that. We all will. We'll do that until we die, I think. It's just peeling back the layers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so leave everyone with, you know, is there any final words of wisdom or something you wish everybody knew about public speaking and expressing their true voice? Oh, I just always come back to this. You are good enough. Each of us has something important to say, and we must say it. And if that means you need to get coaching to get it out, then get it. But I assure you, everything that you have to say should be said. So go out and say it. Darcy, thank you so much. Can you tell everybody where they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you and get some coaching or just read more about your work? Yes, you can reach me at darcyweb.com that's d-a-r-c-y-w-e-b-b.com and you can also find me as the speech diva on facebook (laughs) i am there and that's where i i will post from time to time little tidbits so if you like and follow that page every now and then you'll get a tuesday morning two-minute tune-up for your tongue (laughs) and we talk about things just like we talked about today Awesome. The Speech Diva on Facebook. We'll, of course, link all of that up in the show notes and within our Facebook group so people can get to it really easily too. So Darcy, that would thank, be great. thank you so much for being here. It's been really very thoughtful and inspiring talking to you, actually. Well, yeah, it's thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm really, I'm just so glad to be here. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get links to everything Darcy and I talked about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. 
And make sure you're part of our 2019 planning party. You can grab a copy of the Wellpreneur Planner on Amazon. Just type Wellpreneur Planner into any Amazon around the world. And then come join us in our Facebook group on Tuesdays where we're doing lives about planning. And also, well, to be honest, we're just talking about planning this month. So hop over into the Wellpreneur community on Facebook and join the conversation. And let's make your 2019 your most incredible year yet. Okay, have a fantastic week and I will see you in the Facebook community and also back here next week with our next episode. 